Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hey, DB peeps. We are talking about the quest for tidiness today. And we are going to be drinking the Quest Red Blend from California while we talk a little bit about something that we're so excited to be doing now, I'm sure. Spring cleaning. Right, it is the per- it's the perfect time to spring clean. I mean, we're all quarantined in the house and hey, why not? You know? Why not indeed? So Sarah is going to be, this is, we're not drinking the same wine today, although we have admittedly had this wine together before. We have. This is a 2017 Quest Red Blend from Hope Family Vineyards out in Paso Robles, California. Yes. So, it's 53% Cabernet Sauvignon, 21% Petit Verdot, 13% Merlot, 9% Petit Syrah, and 4% Cabernet Franc. So this is what the French would call a mostly a Bordeaux blend. I'll say that. But this is what Californians call meritage. Not meritage. 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 I guess if you wanted to make it fancy, you could call it meritage, but that's not the right way. That's not the right way. No. Uh, I'm in a pour. I just opened this baby. Go for it. I've had this wine twice and I'm a fan. So you should have expert tasting notes. Right? Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Nice. <laughs> it is a very dark colored wine. It's got like a purplish I can see that. Tint. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I feel like I just poured really dark purple. Like you know how we were equating wine colors to those smelly markers? Yeah. Like I feel like this is like the purple smelly marker. Yeah. <laughs> It, it looks like a Malbec or like a Syrah that you poured. I feel like it's a lot heavier looking than a Malbec though. Uh, Malbec is usually pretty opaque and pretty purpley, but it's 14.5% ABV. Is that right? Mm-hmm. It is. And I think a lot of the darkness too is coming from that Petit, petit Verdot. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's going to be inky. 21%. That's a good amount. We got this wine at a tasting together. We learned that it was aged 15 months in new and used American oak, and then a further three months in new American oak, which is an interesting way of um, making wine. I'm trying to think about some of the logistics or the rationale behind mm-hmm. it. But- it's a lot of transferring wine from one container to another. Right. Like there's a part of me thinking, is it, you know, I always am curious, like maybe the 15 months is in the new and used is you know the individual grapes in the individual barrels but then after blending maybe it's the further three months in the new oak after blending who knows i don't know know. you're right we did have this at a tasting we had a chocolate pairing and one thing oh my god i still i actually remember this particular tasting but Mm -hmm. it was vanilla cassis truffle and it was phenomenal I know I had notes and I'm not drinking the wine, so you could tell me if I'm wrong, but my notes from this particular wine were pine, cherry, raspberry, and black currant. So I definitely, I have, don't get the pine yet. The cherry, the raspberry, the, definitely the black currant. I'm really getting that. I am tasting the oak, I think more than I did the first time I drank this. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But I think that's why it went well with that vanilla cassis truffle is because you kind of get that. And it's not overly oaked. I, I don't think it's overpowering, but I'm getting it more than I remember. I don't know why, but maybe, you know, that's why it went well with that truffle that we had. 
it's quite possible. I mean, my other note said that this is, it's both complementary and contrasting in terms of flavor Mm -hmm. pairing. And so I think it has a little bit of something that was within the chocolate itself and a little bit of extra that was not. Do you want that to open up a little bit? We'll talk. Yeah, I'm going to let it open up, but everyone should know it's enjoyable to drink. Okay. Okay, and it costs it costs about twenty seven dollars is what the shelf price was, but we got you got this at a very nice discount. I think it was like seventeen um, bucks. Yeah, I gotta tell you guys, I am kicking myself for not having swept that up on that deal. But you know, Sarah's the one that gets all the wine deals anyway. So I try to, I do what I can. You do what you get. So uh, about this wine, this is the Hope family, and they actually have been farming in Paso Robles for over thirty years. They originally began with apples and grapes. They have since ditched the apple side, and now they focus solely on making grapes for wine. And they grow a number of varieties. But the thing about them is that they grow their own, but they also work with over 50 other growers throughout the central coast of California. If you go like on their website, they actually have like five different labels underneath the Hope Family Vines, including Quest. There is just Austin Hope, which actually, if you look at that label, I think it looks almost very French. Like they're Mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, like the fonts they use and just the vibe. Triana or Trina, which I've never had. I Um, haven't either. There's another brand called Liberty School. And then the final one is Troublemaker. And I know I've had that. That's got a really cool label. Um, And it's it's pretty good wine. Another like 20-ish dollar bottle of wine. Yeah. I've always wanted to try the one that has their namesake on it. Mm Mm-hmm. That says Austin Hope. I've always, I've heard a lot of good things about it, but haven't yet tried it. Um, I believe it's their Cabernet. They have, well, they have a number of varietals too. So I would say, I mean, they got, they have quite a number. Oh, they have a Mavedra. Yes. Yeah. I would be interested in definitely trying some more of their wines. Yeah. The other cool thing though, so again, they, they really focus on grapes, but they, and they've been growing them. Their vines are, are older vines which is very cool. But one thing that they do both on their own land as well as within their growers, that they limit the vine density. And so they really make sure that they don't produce too much fruit in all of their vines. And I think we've talked about this in a number of our recent episodes. Mm -hmm. So that means that the flavors are more concentrated and that the vines like don't have to worry about dispersing nutrients in all different directions. It's really just very focused. The other interesting part that I read is that, and I I haven't had a bunch of Paso Robles wine, but what they say on their website is that regardless of the varieties planted, the expression of Paso Robles is displayed in the glass, spice, licorice, and berry on the nose, soft textures and silky tannins on the palate. So it seems that their soil there, their, you know, terroir really is reflected within all of their wines. I'm assuming this is talking about reds, to be honest. (laughs) I don't think I've had a white or heard of a white that tastes like licorice before. No, that would, I don't think that would sound good. No, not really. Not really. So yeah, that's pretty much what I got on the Hope Family Vineyards. Okay. Well, I, like I said, I think that this is a good start and I would be willing to explore some of their other wines. Yeah, so, I definitely um, am really sad I'm not drinking the same thing. I, I am, am too. 
I'm just not drinking. The same. So what are you drinking, Jamie? Why don't you share? I am drinking the, it's from Peterson Vineyards. It's the same winery that did our zero manipulation for our nip and tuck episode mm-hmm. way back when. This is the Tolini Vineyard. It's called the Mendo Blendo. Oh. And it has Petite Syrah, Syrah, Carignan, and Grenache in it. We're not going to rate this one because it doesn't have anything to do with spring cleaning, but uh, this is a 2014 wine and it's delicious. Speaking of spring cleaning, have you been doing any of that as you've been quarantined inside your home? Weirdly, no. Okay. Is this the motivation? Do you need to do it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I feel very much like I need to. I think that it would definitely benefit the house. I think I'm less motivated right now because we don't have people coming over. And we've just been busy doing a few things internally that have been otherwise distracting. And so that is to come. Okay. What would you want to do for spring cleaning? Like, do you have certain tasks in mind? Or is this just something where, like, you want to give things away or not really? Like, kind of like... What's funny is that I have like a box in my closet right now of that's only halfway filled with shit that I want to give away. Mm-hmm. Why I haven't done it, it's been there for a year. Because I'm always like, oh, I'm going to fill it up more. There's going to be more stuff I'm going to get rid of. I just need to like take time, go through my whole closet, go through like the kitchen or whatever, see if there are things that we could donate or whatever. That is one of the things that I need to do. I need to get that massive crate and barrel. It's one of the big crate and barrel boxes. I need oh, okay. to get out of my closet. Oh, I've um, been there where you like have something sitting there for forever, like a bag or a box with stuff yes. to give away. And you're like, oh, I'm not going to take it yet because I still have some things I need to add. And then it just sits and sits and sits. Yes. Yeah, I've been there. I also don't know if places are taking things right now. I don't know either. I mean, I guess I got some time. <laughs> you got some time for when they're taking things again, you'll be ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you? Have you done anything yet? So I have, I don't know if I would say spring cleaning. Okay. Um, but I definitely have been cleaning. I have a like a nervous energy sitting in my house mm-hmm. and I end up doing things like that. Like I just can't sit still. Mm-hmm. So then I'll just be like dusting something or like organizing something or I I don't know what. So yeah, we have a few projects for actual spring, which we can talk about. But before we get into that, like what's the distinction spring cleaning versus just regular cleaning? That's what I was going to say. Like, what is the, what is the distinction? I don't even know. I mean, is it because it's spring and it's getting warmer? And so like, you know, open the windows, let some air in, like, I think that's part for a new season. Is I that part of it? Spring cleaning has its own Wikipedia page. Granted, Woo. it's not it's not very lengthy. Don't all go crazy thinking there's going to be a lot of resources there because there aren't. But basically, it talks about how, like, where the concept of spring cleaning came from, and what it kind of boils down to is that it's more so in certain areas, I think, of the world, just based upon seasons. And so, during the winter time, you know, when you live in the northern or further latitude from the equator. So I was going to say Northern Hemisphere, but they have winter down in Australia too. You used to have to heat your homes with wood fires or coal or things like that. And so you would get a lot of soot like oh. all around the house. And because you'd have to keep, in order to keep the heat in, you know, you'd have to keep the doors and the windows shut like really tight. Yeah. And so 
spring cleaning was a time for once it started to warm up, you could open up the windows and the doors. The breeze would blow everything out, but you could also then sweep everything out and it would be carried away on the wind. And so that would effectively be spring cleaning because you would get all the soot and all the crap and grime that just like accumulated over the last several months and get all that out. So that's kind of one of the ideas behind it. Others seem to say that it might have something to do with religion or uh, different calendars, different New Year's. But, oh, okay. you know, I think it, it, it's, it all boils down to, the, I think, the same thing. is just kind of purging and getting rid of all of the grime and accumulations and kind of having a fresh start with the new season. I like it. I wasn't so far off with opening the windows. No, you weren't. When you said it, I was like, oh, damn, she knows. I knew. I just guessed. Thank you for that explanation. I did not know the background behind that. That's yeah. very interesting. Now I'm looking at my fireplace thinking, is there a bunch of soot coming out of there that I don't know about? It's possible. And the windows, um, thing, windows and doors thing was something before like vacuums had been invented. But that's yeah. like how people kind of like got things moving and got uh, it out. Oh my God. Could you imagine not having vacuums? Yeah, you're probably good with your Roomba, so yeah. I mean, you're fine. Well, Roomba's great. I do have a Roomba, and Roomba is great, but Roomba doesn't get the corners. doesn't do as much as great of a job as like my main vacuum that's got like you know really gets in there. But Roomba is amazing for getting underneath the bed. Oh God, I don't even want to think about it. I love that. I love that I can like put Roomba in my bedroom, close the door, and he's just like going out. Going at it, going underneath the bed, like stuff I could never do with a regular vacuum and like underneath the couch and stuff like that. Yeah. I've been watching Parks and Recreation and Aziz Ansari plays Tom Haverford and he (laughs) sticks a sound bar with his iPod on it on the Roomba. So it's like DJ Roomba is what they call it. And so it just like moves the music around the room. That's amazing. That can make spring cleaning more fun and interesting. Now I will say... You do need to be careful with the Roomba if you have a dog. Oh. Because if a dog has an accident and the Roomba goes over said accident and then spreads the love throughout the house. Are you talking about poop? Yeah. Can it suck poop up? It happened to someone I'm very close to. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. And that person is probably listening and knows exactly what I'm talking about. And she... Yeah, she had to deal with. Thank God, most of her floors were wood and not carpet. But she did have. Think about that. She had one small rug. Is the rug bye bye now? I don't think I want to know. To be honest, because then when I go, yeah, when I go to her house, I don't want to think about the rug. You know, (laughs) that's my one thing about Roomba. But spring cleaning, there's health benefits. All right, so let's talk about like why people do it or why they should. Yeah, some of this essentially makes good sense. But I admit, I didn't really think that deeply about it. It's just like, oh, I mean, you should probably clean your house every now and then, right? Right. And this isn't, I guess this is a deeper clean Mm -hmm. than your regular cleaning. And since we're, like I said, since we're all stuck in our houses, like what better, what better time? And it's spring, you know, it's like the perfect time. Yeah. One thing I think about, I have bad allergies. And so like for me, getting rid of like dust in places that maybe you don't always clean out or like getting rid of some stuff that's collecting dust even like helps. I am like super allergic to dust. So it definitely helps me. We actually um, changed our furnace filter 
last week. Oh, did you? And it had been a while. And let me tell you, I was horrified <laughs> when that filter came out. I couldn't believe I had been breathing that stuff. And I can actually tell a difference. Can you? Yeah. That's one benefit for sure. If you have okay. allergies, dusting in places like the windowsills, for example, like when you open your window now, you know, yes. or I don't know, there's certain shelves that you usually like kind of leave alone when you're cleaning or your closet, for example. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of little areas that you sometimes kind of forget about the top of the fridge, like things like that, you know, behind the fridge. Oh yes. My fridge actually kind of broke because what? the, the drawers were filling with water and it was cause uh. something, something got clogged with dust. And so he said oh. that you have to pull the fridge out every six months and clean behind there. Yep. Honestly, I have not done that since we moved here because we're in an apartment, but I do remember doing that when I lived in an apartment by myself. And I did it because, well, because my mom cut out an article for me on how frequently you should be cleaning things and what you should do. She obviously thought I had a problem, but, <laughs> but I remember pulling it out because the apartment I moved into there, they had a cat and I had stood up on top of like the counter to put something on top of like the cabinets or whatever. And there were just mobs of cat hair. And I was like, Oh, that's I disgusting. Be, I was so gross. And I'm allergic to cats. So am I not horribly yeah. bad, but like stirring all of that up. Oh my God, that was horrific. And then behind the, the fridge was, it was so worse. It's almost like the cat, it was like a whole new cat behind the fridge because that much hair had gone back there. But thankfully, you know, like you suck it up in the vacuum and that's, I think that's one of the things is that the spring cleaning, like the deep cleaning is like very important, but I think it also helps you realize what makes you feel better, like you said, with the allergies. And so maybe you'll do that more frequently just to kind of alleviate those symptoms and mm -hmm. that feeling. All right. I like yeah. that. So dust, allergies, cool, great. For sure. Make you feel better. Yeah. You can breathe, but especially if you have asthma too, that's mm. another thing. So for me, it helps me de-stress. And I think that's really important right now that we're kind of all stuck in our homes. A lot of us are stressed out. You might have family members that are on the front lines or, you know, you're worried about your parents or other family members that you can't get to. Like you might be worried about your job or finances. Like, so there's a lot of stress right now. And I think that this is a really good way to de-stress. At least for me, removing clutter is removing stress. I love decluttering. It really does help. Like I said, I have nervous energy when I'm sitting in the house. I got to do something. I got to move. Mm -hmm. And so by kind of cleaning and decluttering, that helps kind of cut my stress. So I think it helps focus your attention elsewhere. So you're not dwelling on the things yes. that are out of your control. I can totally understand that. And I think I'm pretty much in the same camp there. You know, there's the whole idea like a cluttered home is a cluttered mind or a cluttered mm -hmm. desk is a cluttered mind. I actually got that little sign for my dad when I was a kid. <laughs> Did you? Yes. Oh my uh -huh. God. I have that mentality mostly now. Mm -hmm. But then you have like my husband who says things like, yeah, well, they say the most creative people have the most cluttered desks and homes. So it's a sign of brilliance and creativity. I'm like, or that you're just too lazy to put shit away. Like, I don't know. I think but everyone's got their different viewpoint on it. You know? I know. And I used to be very, um, I used to be very messy. My mom, who ensures this thing, will attest to that. I get yelled at all of the time to clean up the pigsty of a room. But I had, in my mind, my own way of ordering things. It could have been in stacks and piles, but it was still orderly. 
You knew where things were. I knew where things were. So right now, I mean, you asked like one of the things that I wanted to do. Like I just continue to look at like my entertainment system. We have like DVDs, games, books, little tchotchke things. And every time I look at it when I'm at my desk, I just think like, I know this could be more organized and I want to organize it. You know the feeling like you don't know how the best way to organize it is. And so you're like, yes, I have to redo this like five times just to see what I like better. Mm-hmm. I That's do know how that I feeling. feel. So to me, it adds stress a little bit. Yeah. I guess maybe in the short term, but in the long term, I think it is better. I don't know. Well, there's a couple surveys that have shown that it can cut stress and anxiety by 20%, but you have to do 20 minutes of activity to get that effect. Also. Oh. Yeah. Like you have okay, okay, okay. Also, using lemon-scented cleaning products can actually help you de-stress faster because it's a happy smell that can reduce stress and leave a positive impression on others. Oh. If you're trying to be like chemical-free, there's ways okay. you can clean your house with actual lemons mm-hmm. and not citrus-scented chemicals. But like so, how can you really like clean like the doors and handles and stuff with lemons? So I do think that there is like some recipes using le- like homemade cleaning recipes using lemon. I've never tried it. I'm okay with the cl- chemicals, especially now. <laughs> so I mean <laughs> like chemicals. Give, like also, bring on the chemicals. Sarah, to your point earlier, like spring cleaning is really meant to be like a deeper clean So it's like, if you're going to use chemicals once or twice a year and you don't normally, like this is like the thorough cleaning, the rest of the time, like using the the chemical free Mm -hmm. stuff, probably fine. But especially given the present situation, I think you're right. Like bring on the chemicals for the time being, just at least to get the spring cleaning done. So you feel a little bit better about, you know, what you've got going on at home. So an example of a natural cleaning lemon product, if you're trying to do this, is doing half a cup of vinegar in a spray bottle, adding two cups of water, one teaspoon of Castile soap, and then 20 drops of lemon essential oil. Oh. And then apparently lemon juice, because it's high in citric acid, has antibacterial properties and it's low in pH. So that's the other reason that you can use it as long as it doesn't like cause damage to whatever you're using. Yeah, probably a good idea to spot test. (laughs) Yeah. You can like clean your microwave with that, fresh in the garbage. I've actually done that, thrown lemon in the garbage disposal. Mm, I have done that too. Mm -hmm. Yep. It can help remove some stains, but you can't sterilize your house with it. So again, the chemicals, especially now is probably a good idea. But you know, if you're just like trying to freshen something up, that might be a good way. Make it so fresh and so clean. So fresh and so clean. What else? Let's piggyback off of what you were just talking about, how, you know, 20 minutes, it's sort of like an exercise, right? Yeah. So it makes you a little more active. So it's so, like, it's good, especially, you know, if you're sitting around, this is a great opportunity to get up and kind of move around and get a little, maybe not vigorous activity, but it certainly helps you get some yeah. extra calories burnt. It definitely does. And I think, I mean, I'm tired usually after cleaning my whole house or even just a part of the house, you know, just scrubbing the floor, like scrubbing anything is like vigorous exercise. I feel like gets your heart pumping. Oh my God. Scrubbing tiles. Don't even get me started, Jamie, on scrubbing tiles. Let me tell you. (laughs) As part of my spring cleaning initiative that started yesterday. Uh Uh-oh. Inspired by the topic. Yes. 
inspired by this topic, I decided to not only, of course, I clean my bathroom regularly, but as far as like the tile and the grout is concerned, that is not a regular occurrence. Like I spray it down and wipe it, but like really getting into it. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about this before, but we remodeled our house and made the decision to put white grout (laughs) on the shower floor in our tile. Let me tell everybody, this is a PSA. Do (laughs) not (laughs) use white grout on your tile for your shower floor. Don't do it. Just don't do it. And here's the thing that makes me even angrier. You can tell I'm a little heated about this. Our floor in our bathroom that we matched it to has black grout. So we we should have just used black grout in the shower, but I feel like that would make you like drive you so much less crazy. I'm t- that's what I'm saying. So wow. the white grout that's on the walls is fine. The walls of the shower are fine, but the floor of the shower, like the yellow that is getting in the grout, I tried scrubbing it with soft scrub with a toothbrush. I used so many different things oh and my I God. couldn't get to it. I couldn't. I mean, I got some of it out, but not all of it. So then. I did a little research. I asked around and I have ordered four products that are coming to my house so that I can figure out how to clean this grout without actually having, like, I'm borderline. Oh, like I ordered something like that. Yes. (laughs) I bought this because of some like BuzzFeed or Amazon or like article. Yeah. I think it was BuzzFeed and it was like 31 cleaning products from Amazon that you should get to make your life easier. And it was a good grips, like deep clean brush set. Obviously yet to use them because they're still attached to the thing. Jamie, you should take a picture so everyone can see that. All right, we'll do that. But needless to say, I too have some struggles in the bathroom cleaning it. And this is, this is what I'm resorting to. Okay. Well, I will let you guys know about which I, like I said, I ordered four different products. I can't wait. Seriously, if this doesn't work, I'm like seriously considering retiling our floor. Like this is how bad it got me yesterday. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, if anyone wants to know what's making me crazy by being in quarantine, it's my bathroom shower tile. So there you go. <laughs> oh, so that's amazing. Yeah. So uh, I don't know how we got on that. You said something about tile and I, it just flipped a switch with me. See, I was like. It was the bane oh, of my I was existence. Talking about scrubbing because scrubbing tile, yes. like it's so hard. Then I must have burned oh, a crap load of calories yesterday. Yeah, just your arms that. hurt, your back, your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to get cushion for my knees. <laughs> oh yes, mm-hmm. I do that when I have to wash the floors. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. So I think all that <laughs> exercise, like we talked about, deserves a, a glass of wine, Sarah. Deserves I know it really that. does. Or I was two. like so stressed about this yesterday. <laughs> oh my god so okay so physical fitness that's great it can also make you more productive right yeah because a lot of us are working from home right now mm-hmm. and you know your office is like some some of us have dedicated office spaces and some of us don't right and are maybe working at your kitchen table or something so me until like a month ago Yeah. So like decluttering your work area helps actually facilitate more productivity. Do you know why? So there's a part of me because it's like, okay, so you don't have the clutter, right? So Mm -hmm. you, but it's also, I think, so you can kind of assess like where everything is. So you know where everything is. Yeah. And I think some, some places 
will say something along the lines of by, you know, organizing your house, it can make you more productive because you can kind of ditch all of the distractions, Mm -hmm. kind of get rid of all of them because A, you're cleaning and that's half of my distraction, but you can just clean things up so that they're no longer easily visible. To me, I think that that is significant just because whether I'm working or whether I'm just like lounging around at home or if I have friends over or something, like if I look around and I see something and I'm just like, oh. Mm-hmm. get distracted and I want to be very present for what is going on in my life so I totally agree with you I think it's I think it is has a lot to do with being distracted yeah so office max did a survey oh yeah and they found that 77 percent of working Americans agreed that clutter damages their productivity at work so certain ways you can make yourself do that for me every Friday is when I reassess my desk and what needs to be mm-hmm. put away and cleaned up so that Monday morning I have a clean area. I like it. Um, But also you can add a clean desk as an appointment on your calendar to kind of help you keep you accountable. You know, if it's every Friday, if it's like once a week, one thing that I thought of, and this is from that article that my mom gave me like so long ago in like 2007, it was helpful because it talked about like the frequency and like every month you should be doing X, Y, and Z. So if you like set like the first Saturday of every month, and you do these three things, mm-hmm. that's great. You know, I, it's, it helps you keep a routine and make sure that things are clean. I don't know. Yeah, most definitely. I think for spring cleaning, yeah. in terms of the office, sometimes you need to have papers piled up and you need to file them. And like spring, like at the springtime is a perfect time to like spruce up your file cabinet and yeah. put things away and get things off your desk that maybe have been sitting there for a while. Also helpful for getting those taxes ready. <laughs> oh, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is true. So all this cleaning can also help with something we talked about a couple episodes ago. Like? Sleeping time. How can it yeah. help sleep? So probably it makes you not think about all the shit you have to do the next day. Well, we already know that some exercise can help with sleep. That's what we talked about before. But also just making your bed can help you sleep better. How's that? I guess people feel like they are more comfortable when they, their beds are made. So they're 90% more likely to 19, I'm sorry, 19% more likely to consistently sleep well according to the the National Sleep Foundation, if you make your bed every day. Interesting. Maybe because you go in your room and you're like, oh, it looks nice and fresh and I can relax. Yeah. And then washing your sheets is the other thing. Not like in complete disarray. Oh, yeah. That's important. Because more people feel more comfortable with clean sheets. So it's a more welcoming area. I guess cleaning your house can actually make you eat healthier. I mean, I, I have to that say... That one I need to understand. Yeah. I have to say, I think a lot of that boils down to what you buy <laughs> from mm-hmm. the grocery store mm-hmm. or other stores that you go to that, you know, that is really going to have the biggest impact. But they say that, I guess, University of Minnesota did a study that said that individuals placed in a clean, orderly room are more likely to choose healthier snack options than those in a disorderly room. Now, I'm curious how this study occurred because, I like... I was going to say, how does that work? I don't know. University of Minnesota. I'm not sure how I feel about this. I feel like you need to call us and let us know how that went. Yeah. We need to understand how that works. Maybe it's like, you know, it's like if you're doing like a purge, like of everything in your house, like you feel like you need to purge like 
toxins or processed foods and shit like that from mm-hmm. your system. Mm-hmm. Well, I could, I could maybe be along that mentality and understand yeah. that perspective, but uh, I'm not totally sold. I'm not either. <laughs> sorry, UM. Yeah, sorry, guys. Sorry. Maybe from a healthier perspective. So I am one of those people. I hang on to a lot of travel size things. I hang on to, you know, like different samples that I get when I order mm-hmm. like makeup and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I also admit I probably hang on to makeup a little too long. So mm. spring cleaning is kind of an opportunity. And this is, it's one of my least favorite, but also my favorite things to do is like clean out the bathroom drawers oh, and yeah. organize all of that, get rid of all the extra crap. It's been open forever and I've never used it. I can get rid, I can throw it out because I'm like, oh, I'm not using mm-hmm. this, so why do mm-hmm. I have it? Or, you know, you can like collect everything and put it in a nice order. And to me, that makes things easier to find. For sure. It yeah. definitely does. But it's that's important. Mari Kondo, like purge your shit that you don't need. Yes. Especially like old mascara and like stuff oh. you use on your eyes. Yes. Like, that needs to go because like yes. that stuff builds up bacteria and then you're like, you can get eye infections and all sorts of nasty stuff. So also <laughs> speaking of that, so I just went in my, in my cabinet, in my, um, bathroom and I just happened to find two brand new mascaras that were tucked away in different places and I was like I guess I don't have to go buy mascara because these are brand new ones that I just forgot that I had there so you go that's another thing you can uncover things that you you know replacement things that you know you've bought like new toothpaste or new I'll say tissue boxes or cleaning supplies or deodorant or whatever you need like you might actually have some tucked away because you had the forethought to pre-buy it last time. As so, long as it's not expired. That's the key. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes, yes. Because I have found some stuff and I get excited and then I'm like, <laughs> damn it, <Yeah>. it's expired. <laughs> but another spring cleaning thing for your makeup, your makeup brushes. Washing those things. Like I have like the special shampoo, but like, but I don't do it often. So like no. this is a good time to wash your like makeup brushes that you're using every day. That's another that's, thing I found yeah. off that, that BuzzFeed list. Oh, really? It was washing your... Okay. It was like makeup makeup tool uh, wash or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of gross when you start thinking about it. So it's a good time to just be like, hmm, maybe I should do this because this isn't something I do all the time. If you need to avert your eyes while you're doing it too, I mean, I'm sure that's acceptable. I'm telling you, the amount of like... Colors and shit that, that you see just in the sink is like it's pretty gross. Ugh. So yeah. Speaking of that, other things that you don't normally clean, like your toaster, like the inside of your toaster. Or mm. like, yes. Or you know, um, like your washing machine. Yeah. Like to wipe that down and wipe the inside of that. And like spring cleaning is a great oh. time to assess all that stuff. Totally. And figure out like the that the stuff that you're not normally cleaning all the time. You know, it's a, it's a good time to do that. Your oven. Let me tell you about your oven. I almost started a fire two days ago because there was some crumbs in the bottom of my oven that lit up and that was a poor, that but, was bad. but do not, do not turn on your oven cleaner. If you haven't like your, if you have a self-cleaning oven, please don't do that. If you've had your oven for, I don't know, more than three months because I did. And I ended up calling the fire department. So I would strongly advise not doing that. 
wipe down your oven. Yes. I still do not understand because I, with my whole fire thing last year, like at Thanksgiving, I legitimately, I don't remember. I'm sure I told DB Peeps, but I started a fire in my oven at Thanksgiving last year. And I remember this it yes. because I was broiling marshmallows and I wasn't watching. And bleh. so <laughs> needless to say, it took me like two weeks to actually muscle up and just fucking go at it. So I used like I wiped it. I vacuumed everything because we had used a fire extinguisher. <laughs> so I had to vacuum it out first and then I wiped it all out with different cloths and paper towels and stuff and soap. And then I sprayed on the spray cleaner and then I wiped all that out and then I did another wiping. And then for good measure, I was like, I'm going to do the self-clean thing. I turned that shit on. I thought I was going to, I thought, I think there was gas. I don't know how, but it smelled so bad. I was like, I think I'm getting high. I'm getting lightheaded. I think I'm going to die because of this. So I had to turn it off after like 40 minutes. And I don't, it go, it gets really hot. And I have like 500 degrees and usually it locks. Yes. And I, I did the same thing happened to me as you, but the fumes wouldn't go away. So I called the fire department and yeah, the I firemen mean, came to my house to check for carbon monoxide. Did they was, really? Yeah. Oh, this is a great reminder to get carbon monoxide detectors. Yep. That's how I got them because the fireman told me which ones to buy. And by the way, this was New Year's Day. I'm just <laughs> going to put that out there. That's when this oh happens. So Wait, this is the day after I saw you? <laughs> yeah, this was New Year's Day. I called the fire department. I was like, my house was filled with smoke. I'm lightheaded. It's been an hour. Oh, and my fire alarms kept going off. They wouldn't stop. Oh, no. So that was the other thing. But oh, yeah. no. So we had the same experience with ourselves. Yes cleaning ovens. So. Yeah, not good. Not good. I feel like these things should be built better. Or like there should be better instructions. Like you said, maybe not use a self-clean. Maybe just wipe it down thoroughly. Get the gunk off the bottom. I mean, Sean yeah. and I, we always have like a drip pan. Like when we're making pizza, when we're doing anything, like we have a pan that basically lives in our oven to collect shit that drops. Yep. It, that's a good idea. Boils over or anything like that. So that's how we've kind of operated. And then we just take that out and clean it because it's certainly easier to clean a pan than it is to clean and like shove yourself into your oven to get that stuff going. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that I have done this year, Sarah, I can certainly come up with a number of things that I can clean, right? I can create my own list. I'm a grown up. I should be able to do that, right? <laughs> Parade Magazine has like a checklist. Let's say you want to focus on your kitchen or your office or your bedroom or your living room. It has, or your, uh, I think pantry is part of the kitchen, but they have checklists for like different things to clean or declutter for spring cleaning in each of those areas. But then they have checklists for those checklists. Like what kind of cleaning supplies are you going to need in order to do? Oh, I like this. one through 10 for your kitchen. Yeah. Kind of thing. So I thought that was interesting, but I also have purchased for the last two years now, the commit 30 planners. And I just like them. They're colorful. They have lots of space to write. They mm-hmm. have the days, at least the ones that I get. Mm-hmm. Um, at any rate, commit 30, they have, I follow them on Instagram and I saw that for April, they actually posted this 30 day declutter challenge. Every day they have something different to clean. One of them is like empty one junk drawer. 
I mean, I'm sure everybody has a junk drawer, right? Yep. Like you've got to be able to do that. So um, another day is just something simple like clean out your purse or clean out your wallet. It breaks things down in very tiny chunks so that you don't feel overwhelmed because that's the other thing. You don't want to create more stress, like I said before. No, you definitely don't want to do that. You want to do something that reduces your stress. And when you, you know, kind of break off these little chunks, it's like any goal that you make, like having like little teeny tiny milestones that makes you feel good. It makes you feel accomplished and it sort of like keeps like a habit going, you know? So I would definitely suggest doing that. I like this 30 commit. They're very clever and colorful and I love their, their shit, but this declutter challenge to me seems really nifty. I like it. I think we will share it on our Instagram page Mm. and give everyone a chance to kind of see this because there are some really nice things in here, you know, like clean out your car. Yes. You know, go, go through old shoes. That's a good one. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely like this. So it could be like a, like a 30 day spring cleaning in April or May. And that way it also doesn't take up like literally your whole day. There are some things that Mm -hmm. will take up, you know, a little bit more time than others, but you know, cleaning out your purse, like you dump it out, maybe you vacuum it up, um, you throw things away, you, you know, restack or restock whatever you need. So like whether you have hand sanitizer or feminine products or, you know, makeup yeah. or, you know, anything like that, a little cash. So that'll take 20 minutes, maybe half an hour tops, I'd say, but I loved it. So I'm glad. Yeah. We can definitely share that on Instagram. Cause I think that would be really, really. And also I think it's nice when people like, when you do something like that, that's task oriented yeah. and then you cross it out and it's you've completed that task and that feels good too. Yes. So that's, I think a, it's like a check. It's like checking a box. Like that always kind of gives you some sort of stress yeah. relief. Right. I agree. And they have like 30 day every month, like a challenge, like to do something 30, 30 times. So wow. yeah, I like, that's nice. I like it. That's nice. So I'm going to come back, circle back to our wine here. Yeah. Since you're drinking it. Yeah. What you're getting. All right, hold on. I got to pour a little more. Okay. You know, just so we all, I give it the full survey here on the wine. Full survey. Swirling no, it. We already got our do full survey. Mm-mm. What do you smell? We already got the color. You know, it's funny. What do you smell? I'm glad you brought that up because the winemaker had mentioned something about menthol. Yeah. Do you get And that? I, I kind of get a tiny bit of it. I didn't at really? first. It might be power of suggestion, honestly. But I, yeah. I do kind of get it a little bit, almost like, um, you kind of, it is very, it's a very concentrated wine. Okay. Like you kind of get a lot of flavors in one Yeah. and I am getting a little bit of that kind of menthol off the first, just whiff. Like if you keep smelling it, maybe not, but. And I think like Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Franc can have some of those mintier smells. Typically, I think that's like what comes from like, if you get it from Australia, like you'll get Mm -hmm. more of like a eucalyptus smell, but those can certainly have some of the mintier characteristics. So yeah. And I think this goes along with kind of the pine that you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. No, I am getting a little bit of that, like pine or evergreen or. Yeah, like something. It's fruity. It's definitely fruity. Like it's concentrated dark fruits. Yeah. I just acted then, like I was tasting the same thing that you were. I mean, we can, I, the power of suggestion, you never know. I, I was about to be like, oh, but I'm getting this. No. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's like concentrated fruits with like a little bit of that pine, 
evergreen something. And I am getting still that kind of, you do feel the oak. It's not overbearing, but you cut, you know, it's there. Yeah. And it's got that vanilla. And then, um, does it have like, how does it, how is it tannin wise? Like for you, because like Cabernet tends to be like really heavy on the tannin. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was just going to talk about because I think that's important. The tannins are not overbearing. They're there. They're pretty smooth. I think it complements the wine and it's not too much. So I think it's a good blend being that. Like well integrated. Exactly. It's well integrated. Um, You know, like you said, cab can have a lot of tannin, but the cab here, the cab Sauvignon is 53%. Okay. So I think it's well balanced with the other varietals um, for the tannin. So I don't think it's a heavy wine. But it, it kind of has got this like concentrated fruit thing going that I okay. I like. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's 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 a good meritage. <laughs> I like it. It marries everything together. All the components of the wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So so yeah, I would be like I said, I'd be interested in trying some more Austin Hope wines that they've got going on because it looks like they have you know, a lot of options on there. They have a lot of options. I mean, I honestly, I didn't really realize that. And I know I'd heard of it. This would be really interesting to kind of test out a few things, especially as we're coming to like lighter wine, like things are warming up a little bit. I've actually been sort of feeling to like, I want to be in like a little bit of a rosé state of mind or a white state of mind. Yeah. um, of course, when I'm drinking a red with you, I could have opened something. Well, we got to do some spring cleaning to purge the old so that we can bring in the new of the rosé and the white. That's true. Spring clean your wine cellar. Drink some of those reds and bring in the... Spring clean it not by purging, but yeah. just by, you know... Drinking. Drinking, opening those bottles, and enjoying a well-deserved glass. Well, with that... Cheers, friends. I hope you've all enjoyed this little episode, and we will cheers to you and your cleaning endeavors. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time. Cheers Cheers from from the the girls of DBP. DBP.